Welcome to Mindset, a guide to getting out of your own way and a blueprint for professional success. Today, Helen McCabe and Jamila Rizvi are here to discuss how they turn self-criticism into self-compassion. So this is about distinguishing between a very healthy practice of self-reflection. And so after you've been part of an argument or had a difficult day or something's gone wrong at work, taking some time to think about your contribution. That's a really great thing to do and probably something most of us don't do enough. But self-criticism is something else. That's something that becomes quite destructive and it can be relentless, it can be really negative and it tends to be about berating ourselves for our shortcomings without necessarily being constructive in our intention. Our, our intention is not to make ourselves better through this criticism. It's just to beat ourselves up. Yeah, and that can be really self-defeating. So you can find yourself in a, in a fairly um, big spiral if you can't work out ways to pull yourself out. So what does it look like? Negative self-talk. It's berating yourself with negative thoughts and internal dialogue. For instance, you're telling yourself, I always mess things up or I'm not good enough Mm. or I'm a terrible person or any of those things that we've all do to ourselves from time to time. Overanalyzing. This is the uh, you can't let it go. It's in your head nonstop. It's on repeat. Um, You're dwelling on past mistakes or perceived shortcomings, replaying situations in your mind, comparing them to other situations where you've made the same mistake and you do it over and over again and then beat yourself up going, why is it I keep making that mistake? Comparing yourself to others, and we've talked a bit about this, um, measuring your success or worth against what you perceive to be theirs. It is super self-defeating to do this. You cannot compare yourself to others. Um, This can lead to feelings of inadequacy and self-criticism when it seems that others are doing better, but they only seem to be doing better. They quite often got their own um, uh, self-criticism going on. Uh, And the sooner you can realise that, the sooner you can move on. Another example of how uh, self-criticism sort of shows up in our lives, I suppose, is not accepting positive feedback. And this is something I notice a lot Um, particularly from perfectionists, actually. So when you get positive feedback from an employer or a a friend or someone in the community sector or even a partner, right, if you're constantly dismissing it and downplaying the feedback or sort of telling them that their compliment is inaccurate and you're feeling uncomfortable, so you're sort of deflecting, um, you're doing that because actually you're not comfortable with being told something positive about you. And that's because self-criticism is what's taking over in your brain. You're so used to the critical that you can't actually accept someone being so positive towards you. And finally, excessively harsh self-evaluation. So that means using really harsh language to evaluate your own abilities or your actions. So describing yourself as something really insulting, calling yourself stupid or incompetent or worthless. Remembering, of course, that the neural pathways in our brain are built up over time and our brain, when it's been thinking the same thing again and again and again and it links an error or a mistake to I'm stupid, I'm incompetent, I'm worthless, if you make that connection again and again, then it's easier for your brain and your brain is going to take the easier pathway back to stupid, incompetent, worthless anytime something goes wrong. It doesn't make it true, but it does make it a very clear, difficult story that you're telling Yourself And the, the impact of this stuff, Helen, can be really destructive. And I think that's something we see 
in a whole lot of the people that work with FW and who work with Our Jobs Academy. Yeah, I, I think there is a difference between not accepting a compliment and telling yourself you're worthless too. Like yeah. that is the next step on and um, one to be very, very mindful of. Um, the destructive impact yeah. of excessive self-criticism. You've got some research for us? Sure do. So there was a study published, folks, in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology. It found that really high levels of self-criticism are associated with increased symptoms of depression and anxiety. And again, reminding everyone that Helen and I aren't mental health professionals. And if if that's sounding like you, that constant negative self-evaluation, it's worth having a chat to someone who can give you a hand with working with working through that. Helen, there are also studies that show that people who display high levels of self-criticism are more likely to use illegal substances or engage in other harmful coping mechanisms rather than seeking out those constructive solutions to challenges. So it is associated with some really serious stuff. This isn't just you in your head talking to yourself. There's really significant physical and mental health outcomes. Chronic stress is associated with self-criticism that can contribute to the development or exacerbation of a whole range of health conditions. This is stuff where if you suspect it might be more than a passing challenge for you, it is time to get really serious about it to intervene and let's try and pull you out of that damaging self-criticism loop. And also be aware of it in the people around you because you might, if you if you do have um, friends or family members um, using that language about themselves, mm. um, it's worth maybe just taking note of um, and keeping an eye on. So how do we distinguish between healthy self-reflection, and we've talked about self-reflection um, a bit in this podcast, um, and damaging self-criticism? So a couple of questions you can ask yourself. So... When you are criticising yourself, is that evaluation based on facts or emotions? Because if you are objectively trying to assess your behaviour in a situation, that's great. But if you are bringing a whole lot of emotion to it, you're probably not considering the full context. Ask yourself, are you being really general in your assessment? For example, I'm inadequate, I'm not good enough, I'm stupid. Those are really big generalisations. There's nothing wrong with saying, I didn't study very hard for that test. And I don't think this is an area of expertise A that I've naturally been the best at. And so I probably should have worked a bit harder. That's a really healthy self-reflection. Calling yourself stupid, that's a bit different. That's serious self-criticism. Ask yourself, would you say the same thing to a friend in this situation? Ask yourself what you can learn from the experience. So focus on growth rather than standing in the moment of your perceived failure and beating yourself up for it. Ask yourself if you are holding yourself to unrealistic expectations because if you're criticising yourself for trying to do the impossible, that's not very reasonable or fair to yourself. And have you considered factors beyond your control? And have you allowed room, and this brings us to the main topic of our conversation today, Helen, which is have you allowed room for self-compassion? Can you be a little kinder to yourself, a little more understanding? Can you acknowledge that everyone makes mistakes or are you being excessively harsh? Are you being unforgiving? And again, I think um, just before we finish out that point that everyone goes through this. So if you're thinking as we're talking that you do do a lot of this, everyone does this. So it is a a natural thing to go through. Um, But what is self-compassion? How can we be our biggest cheerleaders rather than our biggest critics? Well, kindness. Kindness is something we don't have enough of in the world generally. and we all wish for more of it, why not start a little bit with yourself and just cut yourself 
some slack. I do think there's a bit of a generational point to make here. Mm. I think in your 20s and 30s, you are really hard on yourself. Um, and as you grow older, you recognize that the challenges challenges that you had in your 20, 20s and 30s are kind of part of life. Um, and if you're listening to this podcast and you're in your 20s and your 30s, um, just know that everyone goes through it. By the time you get to my age, Jam, you're kind of pretty well aware that life is about making a bunch of mistakes and then trying to fix them or improve um, so you don't make them again. Um, so be a little bit kinder to yourself. Have you had situations in the past where you've been really unkind to yourself and that that has then impeded what came next? I think we're all unkind to ourselves. Mm. Um, and I actually think it's not a bad thing in certain circumstances. You know, when you're uh, competing in professional circumstances um, and I'm thinking around journalism where you are pushing the envelope all the time and potentially not treating the subjects of your story in the way that you would treat them mm. if you had your time again, um, that you can have some pretty self-reflective moments. In fact, mm. I've got some journalism colleagues who have written entire books about this. Um but that's about trying to be the best at what you can do and not making, um, not being true to yourself um, mm. and, and carrying out practices that, you know, that in retrospect you wish you'd mm. had more time to think about. Well, you even use the, the phrase self-reflection there, right? And self-reflection is really healthy. And yep. I agree, something I think most of us don't do enough. Yep. You know, we're rushing on to the next thing and and – you know, even as teams or as organisations, we make errors or something goes wrong and we don't spend enough time going, what did go wrong? How can we do this better next time? Because we're rushing off onto the next thing but out of necessity. But that reflection's really good. Yes, but then it's that healthy balance of reflection and going, okay, I didn't do that as well as I wanted to do. I'm not proud of what just happened, uh, but I'm not going to spend the next... And I'm not going to beat myself up I'm about not going to spend and, a year... Yeah. And I'm not going to drop out of my profession. Yeah. I'm just going to get better. Well, and it's something actually you and I have, not in these terms, but I think we've talked about it as a management technique where occasionally you'll have a staff member who makes a significant error and it's the sort of error where as a manager your job is to go and, you know, you're supposed to give them a good ticking off, right? Like you weren't supposed to do that. But when you are dealing with a team who work really hard and are really self-aware and they have already reflected and they have probably already beaten themselves up, they don't. They don't need more than that because you don't want to push them into self-criticism. You want to keep them in that healthy self-reflection space. And as long as they've learned and grown, that's all that matters. The next bit, it just takes them into a place where they could get stuck there and it becomes an angry kind of rut, I suppose. And as a leader, you have to judge the difference um, in in terms of how you manage individuals because they're not there's no two individuals are the same in some ways. And as um, someone who's... Uh, at risk of going into a negative self-reflection -reflect loop, um, then that requires some mindfulness to recognise the good bit, like, okay, didn't handle that as well as I, I wanted to do it, I'm not proud of it, uh, but I'm going to learn from it. And mindfulness is another factor in self-compassion, right? Mindfulness is is the ability to observe your own thoughts and emotions without judgment and just acknowledge that they're there without being overwhelmed by them. It means being present in the moment, 
and and sort of maintaining a balanced awareness of the self and the surrounding circumstances. So when you take that idea of that self-kindness, the, the, the common humanity of the fact that, as Helen says, we all go through this and that mindfulness, you get the components of a framework that mean we can respond to our personal challenges with kindness and understanding um, rather than with, with cruelty or, or critique or self-indulgence. So I, I think the, the challenge for us is to start practising this, Helen, rather than talking about it. Um, practising self-compassion has been associated with a, a, a plethora of psychological benefits. It increases resilience, it reduces level of stress, it reduces anxiety, it improves mental well-being, and it also means that you have more positive relationships with yourself and with others. others. So practising self-compassion feels feels a bit woo-woo, doesn't it? But practising self-compassion is a real thing and something that can genuinely benefit yourself. So let's Let's dive into that. What are ways we can practice self-compassion? Let's move out of the woo-woo. Acknowledging and accepting your imperfections um, instead of harshly criticising yourself for making a mistake or falling short, just acknowledge that nobody's perfect um, and remind yourself that mistakes are natural. Uh, And also, I'm just going to say, acknowledge that in other people when they make mistakes too, that Mm -hmm. you're not perfect, they're not perfect, we're all just trying to do the best we can. Um, When facing a difficult situation, try speaking to yourself the way you would speak to a friend. Um, Remind yourself that it's okay to feel this way and think these cruel things, um, but that doesn't make them true. And remember your positive um, qualities and all the good things you do, because mostly people do more good than they do um, bad. Um, Celebrate your achievements. This is something we're rubbish at, folks. Helen and I, absolute rubbish. Acknowledge your achievements. It doesn't matter if did they're you, small. Did you just put this in just for me? No, I, but I do think <laughs> you, both you and I are very bad at it. Um, acknowledging your achievements is really important. Taking a moment to actually say, hey, I did that and it was good is an important message to yourself, to the people around you. So get your friends and family involved, create traditions, mark the milestones and practice celebrating the success until it feels real to you. And I want to take uh, Helen's rolling her eyes at me because she doesn't want to celebrate anything, everyone. But I do want to take a moment before we wrap up to say that um, we all tell ourselves stories about ourselves, right? It, it's not just authors and journalists who write stories. We are all writing stories of ourselves day by day. We tell stories about who we are, how we show up in the world, who we are, uh, how we're viewed by family members, what we're good at, what we're not good at. They are stories. You made them up. You might have made them up based on a few facts, but not all the facts. Certainly not. And your aim should be to not only recognise some of the problematic and negative stories you're telling yourself, but to start to transcend them and say that is a narrative that I wrote and therefore it is a narrative I can rewrite. So you can craft a new and more empowering story for you where you are the protagonist of your life journey and not just a victim of circumstance. So while it's crucial that you you acknowledge the the people who've who've made you who you were in the past and the difficult experiences you've had and the challenges you've overcome, remember that you have agency over what that story is and that story that you keep repeating to yourself. So make it a story of triumph, make it a story of really elegant sacrifice make it a story of humanity that you have done these good things that you have overcome hard stuff don't make it a story of pity so much of what we do at fw and fw jobs academy is 
encouraging or pushing our members to change their mindset, mm. to move past whatever the blockage is. Um, and that might mean into self-compassion. It might mean into adaptability or self-belief. But what we've learnt um, over the years that we've been working in this area is that mindset really matters and you can, you can make the change. Mindset is created by FW Jobs Academy with support from the Australian Government's Office for Women. FW champions gender equality in Australian workplaces through professional development, advocacy and community. If you'd like to know more, go to futurewomen.com or find out how to register for our Jobs Academy at jobsacademy.futurewomen.com.